How do you feel about one of those 18-wheeler big rigs zipping by you on the highway with no human driver in the cab? Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, Editor-in-Chief of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. There may yet be some bugs in the technology, but the age of the driverless car is nearly upon us. So what about the driverless truck? How close are we to seeing giant tractor-trailer combinations barreling down the road with no one behind the wheel? To my guest today, the answer might be surprisingly soon. Barrett Young is head of fleet safety at Netradyne, a safety technology provider. He says the technology for operating autonomous trucks has improved significantly and could work today. So what's holding back their appearance on the roads en masse? On this episode, we discuss what hurdles exist to the adoption of autonomous trucks, including the biggest one of all, public acceptance. We tolerate thousands of deaths a year from accidents involving human-driven vehicles, but just one caused by a driverless car or truck is, not surprisingly, unacceptable. So what kind of infrastructure is needed to ensure that autonomous trucks are completely safe? And what are some alternatives that improve safety while retaining the human driver? Here's my conversation with Barrett Young. Barrett Young, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you. Barrett, what changes do you see right now in the trucking industry that might encourage the development of autonomous trucks? First, there's been significant improvements in the technology that can fuel autonomous trucks. So much so that if you were to ask me, is it possible if autonomous trucks could work today? I think the answer would be yes. Yes, there's continued improvements to the technology itself. But the largest blocker really comes down to uh, a number of different public acceptance and political elements. So. Yeah, well, we will definitely be talking about that. But first of all, when we talk about when you envision autonomous trucks, what kind of trucks do you envision them being? What kind of routes are they running? First envision of, of autonomous trucks, I think most people do it. How we picture big trucks today moving across our nation's highways, but just with no driver behind the wheel. I think that's part of... One of the challenges is that sometimes to make autonomous trucks, we work in this economy or in this perception, there needs to be a little bit of outside-the-box thinking. So I don't think that the way that we envision is probably how they'll end up being used. You're referencing the 18-wheelers, the big rigs, obviously, the trailer-tractor combinations. But what about smaller trucks? I'm wondering if to the extent of are, are we indeed seeing some trends in the industry where drivers are shifting over shorter hauls, making for more attractive jobs for them? And that being the case, does that open up the door to more autonomous trucks? Or is it the opposite? Is it that the long haul, the big trucks are actually more susceptible to the autonomous technology? Which is it? In my viewpoint, the long haul trucks are probably most susceptible to autonomous trucking. And here's a couple of reasons why. There are certain companies out there that are already building technology that operates in sort of a hub-to-hub model, which is very similar to a train operates. You go from point A to point B on an interstate, it's much easier to 
monitored driving behavior in, in a non-stopping pattern. There's no stoplights, there's no stop signs, there's, there's less cross traffic to deal with. So the autonomy of the truck itself becomes a little bit easier in terms of how the technology operates. And if it can move from a hub point to another hub point, then you have local drivers that will operate in you know, a manual driving format that then delivers it from that from a regional standpoint for whatever cargo is being moved. So if the local drivers are using smaller vehicles and they're negotiating more complex roads and traffic signs and people, that seems still better suited for the human behind the wheel? Precisely. And I think we're seeing a little bit of that now. Companies like Cruise have been all in the news about those robo-taxis that are getting bunched up at intersections or running into situations they've not been taught to navigate quite yet. And not to say the technology can't improve and evolve over time where those situations don't become an issue. I think that's just the nature of how technology grows. But it does add several points of complexity when you have multiple variables in the driving behavior such as stop signs, construction, passengers, and pedestrians and things like that, where, again, long-haul trucking moving from across the country is a much simpler driving experience and less variables in that. Well, let me ask you this. It's a big question that starts off the whole thing, and that is why. What is the driving argument, no pun intended, behind autonomous trucks in the first place? Is it that we need them because we don't have enough drivers? Is it they're considered to be safer? Is it that they're cheaper? What is the reason why we're even pursuing this avenue? I think it's all the above and many of the things you just mentioned. I think first and foremost, it comes down to safety. At Netflix, we specialize in very advanced and very comprehensive, sophisticated safety technology. And one thing that we have learned that I think translates directly to autonomous vehicles is that the technology itself doesn't have room for human error, meaning that it can operate in a binary format, therefore increasing safety on the roads by not having people falling asleep or distracted looking at their phones or all the other factors that go into human error while we're behind the wheel. So safety is definitely a big one. Another key element is that if we look at hours of service rules, drivers are being forced to stop to take breaks in as well as they should because you can't drive 24 hours and not fall asleep. But the efficiency of how HOS rules are being used right now are arguably not the best formatted. And so by having an autonomous truck, there would be less of a need for the truck to need to stop, therefore increasing efficiencies of getting cargo from point A to point B, and probably the cost of doing so as well, and then also getting there faster. HOS hours of service. In the case, though, of the trucking technology, the autonomous truck technology, there's no margin of error there either. I mean, we've seen over the years big tech developments. The idea is when you come up with something really radical in tech, you put it out there. It's maybe not perfect. It maybe fails a bunch of times, but you develop it over the time and it gets eventually reaches that point of perfection. We can't do that with trucks. You make mistakes, people die, right? So the margin of error is, is, is zero on the technology. Very true. And that's where a lot of this industry needs to evaluate is what's that outside the box thinking? Testing it on test courses or road tracks outside of where all the public operates is certainly one option, which I don't blame them. I have a family as well. If I was going down the interstate and this was a, a first generation autonomous truck, I'd be lying to say if I wouldn't be a little bit nervous. Now, I understand how the technology works. So the Gen 5, Gen 6 or whatever it may be, I may feel safer down the road because that driver is not distracted looking at their phone or falling asleep or what all the other things that could happen. But there are other outside of the box thinking here is 
perhaps if we see autonomous long-haul trucking really gaining a lot of benefit in how our economy operates, then perhaps there is a dedicated lane on interstates where all of these autonomous trucks operate, very similar to a railroad, where it's a separate lane, there's separate barriers, it prevents sort of a crossover with where passenger vehicles operate and things like that. So the point being is, is we picture autonomous trucks the same way we see driver-driven trucks today. But there may be other alternatives that we can accomplish both, where people feel safe and we're also using a technology to increase the efficiency within the industry. Segregated lane, but to get in and out of that lane, you would still have to interact with other traffic at some point, whether the lane's in the center of the of the highway or on the ends. Right. Certainly, but the majority of the trip would be in that lane. What do you think we need right now in terms of state, federal, and local regulation that would either enable and speed up the coming of autonomous vehicles or slow it down out of safety concerns one way or another? What types of regulation out there do you think we're going to be seeing or do need? First and foremost, I think it's really important that we have state-backed legislation that allows the technology providers to continue to test and iterate on how to make this technology better. To your point, there's going to be areas of evolution in the beginning. But if, if the state or the government is blocking the use or the development of that technology, then it only prolongs the distance that it takes to create this technology. So uh, I think having state-backed and federally-backed legislation that says, yes, let's go figure out how to make this work is important. Now, obviously, there are con- other concerns that come along with autonomous trucking, which may be an area we can address as well, which is people don't want to lose their jobs. But I think going back to the point that I made earlier, that if we increase the use of autonomous trucking in long haul, then it also increases the need for regional. So if we do that like a hub to hub model, the drivers who used to be on the road for a week or two weeks at a time, which is hard, and certainly if they have families at home, I'm sure they miss their families, now have the opportunity to be a driver, but as a regional driver, where you think they have to stay home longer, see their families more often. And going back to the driver shortage point that you made earlier, is that as younger drivers are entering the industry, they're less likely wanting to be on the road for weeks at a time. So this gives them an opportunity to now increase the number of drivers and reduce an issue that we have in the industry while also introducing autonomous technology. Well, we have this thing called the interstate highway system. We have this concept called interstate commerce. Do we need to at some point establish some kind of federal regulation that would allow autonomous trucks across the nation as opposed to having to conduct a battle on a state-by-state basis to get them approved? I do think there's value in uniting the states around a common legislation because otherwise it's going to be a he says, he says battle between certain states that have different viewpoints. And the last thing we need right now is if we reach a point where autonomous is practical and feasible to move across the country, that all of a sudden they can't move directly across because they have to avoid certain states that are outlying this technology. So there certainly should be some involvement from a federal standpoint. What would you say, in your estimation, are the major obstacles at this point to autonomous trucking? Is it technology or is it people? Is it public acceptance? As I mentioned before, the technology certainly exists as it is today. I think a great example of this, though, is that it really comes down to, to public acceptance. A great example of this is airline pilots today. The technology exists for a commercial airline plane to land itself. I have pilot friends, I know this exists. However, we still have human pilots in the cockpits, and that's largely to do for two reasons. One is 
technology is great, but having a backup is always important because there are other human lives on the aircraft versus on a truck where it's one person. The other thing is, is that I don't know if the, the public would accept flying on a plane that was then going to be operated completely autonomously. And so I think a very similar story happens when it comes to long haul trucking is that the biggest barrier right now is this public acceptance. This is mm -hmm. new. And sometimes new can be very scary when they don't feel as there is a control element. And it's a very understandable hesitance. And so it's just going to take time and kind of show proof over that time period that this actually can improve safety and it is something that we can trust. As in the case of self-driving cars, do you think we may have to undergo a transition period in which regulations would require that actually a human being be sitting in the cab, even if they're not driving, just to make us all feel comfortable and get used to it? Or do you think we'll be able to get right to nobody in the cab when these trucks take hold? I agree with that. I think that having someone in the cab, at least in the short term, one, just to confirm the technology is doing what it's supposed to be doing, and they can manually intervene if for whatever reason it encounters an obstacle that it's not been taught to, to, to navigate. But equally as important is it then gives the public a sense of security to say, yes, the truck is operating on its own, but there is someone there to help in case the technology doesn't work the way it should. I think this is a good, a good use case of that or to prove that case is going back to the cruise robo-taxis that we're seeing getting bunched up. The cars themselves can operate as autonomously as they want, but if they enter an intersection where all of a sudden they're getting bunched up, then the human drivers can quickly navigate that so we're not blocking traffic for hours mm -hmm. at a time and just begin to show the public that this technology does work and can work better over time. There are thousands of traffic deaths in this country every year, and they are caused by humans. And we don't like it, and we bemoan it, but there's a level of us that kind of tolerates it just because we kind of think it comes with the territory. But if you have one death caused by an autonomous vehicle, everybody rises up and screams about it. That's a mentality that it's going to be hard to shake, isn't it? It is. And I think that's really what it's going to come down to is showing those exact stats that you just mentioned. If we were to actually overlay on a yearly basis the number of accidents that have happened each year over the last, say, 10 or 15 years and put a line graph that says the introduction of the iPhone on top of it, they almost directly <laughs> correlate. Yeah. But if you look at how iPhone adoption has increased over the last 15 years and an accident rate over the last 15 years, it almost is a direct correlation. But if you were to go to the public and say, by owning an iPhone, you inherently are increasing the chances of an accident, the public's not going to go, oh, well, all of a sudden I have to get rid of my iPhone. But if we can do a much better job as a society and as the institutes that are putting forth the technology around autonomous vehicles and showing them that the rates are actually decreasing, or the probability of an accident using an autonomous vehicle is far less, then it's just going to be an educational process over time. In the case of iPhones, not just correlation, but probably causation, which is the thing we don't Agreed. want to accept. Right. Okay, so we've seen some setbacks in autonomous cars. I mean, I actually am here in San Francisco that just put a ban, the California DMV actually, just put a ban on cruise cars in San Francisco because they're not considered to be safe. Is that just a momentary setback in a path that's inevitably leading us to autonomous vehicles of one kind or another? I do. I think there's going to be, in any growth maturity model, not everything is linear. I think there's always going to be some ups and downs. Cruise, I think, is just experiencing 
facing a momentary setback. I think with all technology or really just growth maturity models of any company, not everything is linear. And sometimes there's going to be ups and downs. The biggest thing right now is that technology has to learn. That's what that's how artificial intelligence and machine learning works. And more likely what happened is that there were just a handful of scenarios on the road that the technology hadn't experienced yet and hadn't already put together a process of how to navigate it. But that's, again, how technology works is it learns over time. And as it adds more of these scenarios into its learning models, it only becomes smarter and smarter. And it's actually a technology that learns faster than even humans do. So very quickly, I feel confident that not only crews, but just the autonomous community in general will have enough experience in the technology learning that it will be able to navigate the scenarios that we do as humans every day. Safety is one of the main, if not the main, arguments for the advance of autonomous trucking. Are there alternatives short of that? In other words, is there new safety technology that can be built into trucker-operated vehicles that will answer some of the safety concerns that arise from human truck driving? A hundred percent. And that's exactly what Nextron does as a company. Is we have developed the best-in-class premium safety solutions that integrate as an aftermarket solution into really any commercial vehicle. The majority of our customers are long-haul trucking companies, but we operate with really any commercial vehicle when it comes to a fleet type of vehicle. So from school buses to delivery vans to construction to field services, all of these different fleet-style commercial vehicles have the opportunity to purchase technology like Netrodyne that is integrated safety solutions. And so in the example of Netrodyne, we've developed very sophisticated artificial intelligence that can serve as a co-pilot or an in-cab coach to a driver that can very quickly alert them to risky driving behaviors. Uh, very common ones are obviously in-cab alerts that are distracted or drowsy driving. If a driver is looking at their phone, obviously they're not looking at the road, and that increases risk significantly. Externally, the, the camera can recognize the following distance between the vehicle in front of you. If they're driving a big rig vehicle, that takes a lot of space to stop. So following distance is, is an important element of that. Same with speeding. And, and things like that. So we are actively doing everything we can as a company because we truly believe that the technology that we have developed can make a material impact on improving safety in commercial vehicles. And we're seeing great, great results of that now. In fact, some of our customers even say that they've seen over a 50% reduction in accidents by using our technology. And yet, notwithstanding that technology, you don't think that's going to stand in the way of the progress and development of autonomous trucking, do you? I don't. If nothing else, I think we'll see an integration of it because there's very similar elements in how the data that's being collected and then, of course, being processed by our technology relates to autonomous as well. For example, one of the things that our technology can do is it reads everything that's in front of the road, very similar to how an autonomous vehicle would read it as well. So being able to recognize what's happening and then alert the driver in our scenario or in the autonomous vehicle scenario, alert the AI that's processing this. We should absolutely have the utmost focus on improving safety because it's still a vehicle that's on the road. Barrett Young of Netrodyne, I want to thank you so much for spending time with me to talk about the prospects for autonomous trucking and some alternative safety measures as well. Kind of a, all one subject, uh, but thank you very much. I really appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thank you so much. That was my conversation with Barrett Young of Netrodyne, talking about the prospects for autonomous trucks. 
We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read our Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn. Follow us on Twitter or X, at SCBrain. And also watch videos on our YouTube channel. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? Email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. Stay well and see you next time.